Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss our favorite comic books and graphic novels. And on episodes like today, we talk to the amazing people who make them. We are joined today by none other than Daniel Warren Johnson, one of our favorite creators here on the show, to talk about his upcoming run with Skybound on Transformers. How's it going, Dan? <laughs> oh my gosh, look at him! It's oh. going great. I'm in the house. My last press persons of the days of the day. Oh, I mean, Good I got to here. I got to ask you, what would your walk up song be? Heart of a Lion by uh, Racer X that nobody knows. But uh, it's perfect. a great track. It's a perfect. You know, it's like my heart. it's real good. It's really good. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to say right off the bat, I'm so excited to see Optimus Prime throw some wrestling moves. I I am largely wrestling adjacent to all my friends, but they always hit me up. And they're like, look at what Daniel just drew. This is from this <laughs> wrestling match. I was like, I thought it looked sick. You're right. You know, what's really even better is uh, just to make sure I was being accurate. I set up my toys in the same wrestling moves before I drew it. <laughs> This is actually for work, honey. Uh, yeah. I'm not just playing with my toys. Yeah. When I, I'm my tax guy, I'm like, hey, uh, you're going to get a bunch of receipts from uh, tfsource.com. Because <laughs> I'm writing off all of my Transformers purchases for the duration of this project. <laughs> that might be the best tax story I've gotten all year. It's the only tax story I've gotten so far. <laughs> Do you get those often? Surprisingly, more than I want. I'm already scared of tax season. Amen. All right. But like we said at the top of this episode, we are here to talk with you about Transformers. And we are super excited about it. I know Anne has the first question for this one. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm particularly super excited for it because I was a person who didn't grow up with Transformers. I mm. my knowledge of the Transformers universe is limited to the few Michael Bay movies I've seen. And I know that hurts <laughs> to say out loud as it's much okay. as it does to hear. Um <laughs> But my my first question is just um, for the general readership, people that might be coming into this for the first time because they they hear your name and they're like, wow, this is something I need to check out. Is this a great um, first run for new readers to the Transformers universe? I mean, I I hesitate to make big, broad statements Mm -hmm. about who the book is for, but I will in this instance, it's for you. <laughs> I, I, I am I am actively trying to make a book that can be, of course, appreciated by the the, the Transformers uh, fandom. But mm-hmm. I mean, with all my projects, I've really tried to be as inviting as possible, especially with things that maybe might seem a little intimidating from the outside, like wrestling, uh, you know, do a powerbomb. And in the same way, Transformers, you know, like I want it to be fun for everyone. I want to share what I love as well. And to this day, the 1986 Transformers movie is still one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. I will watch it with anybody that's willing to watch it with me. And usually (laughs) they will come away being very appreciative of the just absolute insane powers of capitalism getting destroyed just by the sheer love of something. (laughs) Uh, Transformers, the movie is incredible. It's been my visual and like tone Bible for the whole comic series. Um, 
And yes, and it's also one of the reasons why I feature the human characters so heavily because it mm-hmm. kind of gives us like a Hobbit POV into the world of like big fighting robots. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like new readers hop on board. I mean, I, I would like. To, I am a Transformers fan, but like I don't know the super deep cuts like a lot of the Transformers forums do. Um, I feel like I'm in that perfect middle ground, which maybe I hopefully I can, you know acquire both parties however the transformers mm-hmm. forums have not been kind to my art so far we're working on changing that no it's okay it's all right they don't know they can they be don't. wrong <laughs> they don't by by issue six i will have converted them all they'll all be reading do a power bomb and murder falcon just crying <laughs> at their house like i was wrong <laughs> i was wrong one of my favorite things in the world to do is hand people murder falcon and they go murder falcon this doesn't really sound like my thing and I was like, give it a read. Heck Go ahead yeah. and give it a read. Mm-hmm. And that's what and we do to the Transformer fans. Bringing it back to the first few seconds of this episode, we would not have Murder Falcon if it wasn't for my intro track, Heart of a Lion. Okay, I need to know that story. Oh, it's just that if you listen to Heart of the Lion, it has that kind of like heavy metal swagger that I was trying to bring to Murder Falcon. So if it's like if it's a good kind of tonal introduction to like what you might read you know what i'm saying yeah mm-hmm. yeah i like that do yeah. you feel like with your transformers run it's going to be a tonal continuation of what you've been doing with murder falcon and do a power bomb or do you feel like it's going to be a little bit different since you're playing with someone else's toys i think that kind of always happens when i do play with other companies toys um there's an element of uh removal that i have to kind of do because i don't own these characters mm-hmm. uh and it's part of the gig you know it's like part of working for something that's not my own creation it's just is the way it is it's not good or bad but because of that you know you get more notes like uh, maybe they can't do this or you can't show this or batman has to drink water not alcohol uh but it's really vodka and <laughs> i uh because of those things like the little bs moments where you're like oh i'm just trying to make stuff that people can appreciate there's a bit of a uh like there's a little bit of like a shield wall between me and what is i'm making which sometimes is can be really healthy and is oftentimes a necessary break which is why I have kind of bounced back and forth because mm-hmm. uh, at the end of do a power bomb, like I was so proud of the book and I had like really stuck the landing. And I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to top this, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which then in turn kind of requires me to reassess kind of where I am in my career and what I'm doing uh, in my work. And oftentimes that kind of requires a little bit of a reset. And if I can be totally honest, like working on transformers is kind of a break. Uh, yeah. And one that was very much needed and a big reason why I agreed to do the book in the first place. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say it's because this seems like the most in some ways, it feels like the most daunting thing that we've seen you take on because this is part of a whole new comic universe and just kickstarting it. And I'm so interested to see what happens later on in the um potential for like crossovers and working with these other creators is that something that you're you're actively thinking about and sending up this new universe well it it it, ha- it has been daunting um and uh, a little scary and trying to figure out that balance like i kind of said before of working with a company and trying to like make sure i get everything they want 
and then also kind of give it the stamp that I feel like people maybe know my work from or know that is in my work. Um, I feel like I'm trying to kind of pat the heads of many masters at once, uh, which can sometimes be difficult to make art in that setting. But also, you know, I'm not over here like making paintings in a museum. Like it's it's also work that like has a deadline and needs to come out on time. So it's always mm-hmm. good to kind of flex those muscles and get stretched. Uh, iron sharp, shire, iron sharpens iron. Um, <laughs> but all that to say, you know, when I was asked to come onto the project. I was actually, before I even signed any contract stuff, I uh, was given a big kind of outline that Robert Kirkman and a team over at Skybound had pitched Hasbro that Hasbro was very excited about. And so there's some like really big, if uh, you can kind of envision like uh, big islands, like big story moments that they want to happen. These are like big things. Um, And for one of the big things was uh, Jetfire is the, character that activates the Autobots or the, the mm-hmm. Transformers in issue one which is actually kind of nice because it makes the sandbox a little smaller for me uh, and makes it a little easier to work within that framework and come up with stories with a little bit more of a box around me so I just if you make like a sci-fi story from scratch like it's like how where does it end you know it's mm-hmm. almost impossible to make stuff without some sort of block, without some sort of like, uh, you know, uh, edge to the play place that you're making for yourself. So in that regard, it's been really fun, a new experience and a fun one. Um, but it's also been really cool because in building these bridges to each island, I've been able to really flex kind of my own vibes that I feel like I'm known for those hopefully like personal moments that people can attach themselves to along with crazy, uh, you know, Autobot suplexes. So, uh, <laughs> um, and it's just been, uh, it's been really fun and overall really positive experience. It, awesome. My question will be about like another one of those edges you're talking about. A lot of your work has been contained like limited series. How has your approach changed coming into transformers that to my understanding is an ongoing series? And it definitely is an ongoing series. Um, it is a different animal for sure. Yeah. I like having bows at the end of things. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, it's, I like knowing at least some way, somehow like how I'm going to end stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, at, one thing that I'm trying to get better at is learning how to tell a story that has like, quality and like uh a lot of meat inside while also still having the capability to like continue on and be enjoyed for more than maybe just a mini series it's not something that i'm good at and it's something that robert kirkman is very good at so <laughs> i'm trying to like scrape off some of his ability onto myself um and those big islands that uh, i'm talking about you know these are like way way ahead like beyond what i i even will be writing you know, because um, for sure, I'm writing another six issues after the six that I write and draw. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see after that. But um, I kind of felt like I wanted to try something just a little different and just trying to kind of, kind of push myself. And also, like, it was something that I was totally willing to work with. And if, like, you get to do an issue one of Transformers and, like, reboot the whole series and the vibe, like, I'll figure it out. Um, and... 
it's something that I was like, well, I'm not good at this, so I should do this so I can get better at it. Also, I want to do this anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got to help no matter how challenging the task. You're like, I get to draw Starscream today. Like, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> and you know what? Drawing Starscream is so hard. <laughs> Those seekers, like the the planes in a robot mode. Yeah. They're, uh, they're like, this is kind of, you know, getting into the weeds, but like, it's really hard to draw them where you don't put too many lines on them. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that chest portion where it, it like, so you have like the cockpit, like right here. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, kind of like bottom engine part, like pops out kind of like a pectoral muscle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you put too many lines on that, like that chest section, it just looks so wonky. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm learning all these like little idiosyncrasies about all the transformers that like, yeah. I'm at like a party with people that like are insurance salesmen and I'm like, well, I had to draw an F-15 transforming into a robot today. Let me tell you. <laughs> that rolls really nicely into another question I had. I know a lot of comic book artists do not like drawing cars. Sure. So yeah. are you in that camp or how is drawing all the vehicles, all the super complicated robots for Transformers? Because... That feels daunting to me, and I'm not the one doing it. Dude, I love drawing cars. It's Hell yeah. really, it's really fun. It's one thing that I was more it was more daunting in the past. I remember Donnie Cates when he approached me about Ghost Fleet. I was like, shoot, I have no idea how to draw cars or like a truck or anything. So I better practice. Um, and it's actually like it's something that I was bad at, but it was like something that's kind of like a fun challenge that I could continue to work on just in like general everyday life. So it was actually kind of cool because I didn't have interest in learning how to draw cars before. But then when I knew that I had to do it to like pay my bills, I'm like driving to Wisconsin from Chicago and I'm like seeing this 18 wheeler. And I'm like, oh, my God, babe, look at that. <laughs> Where I never would have cared about that detail in life ever before. And now still to this day, I'm like, oh, look at that 18 wheeler. And I like know like little things about trucks that I never did before. And I like, I, I never actually got the nerve to do this, but I still want to go up to a trucker, like at one of these stops and be like, can I take some photos of the inside of your cab? Because I need reference and Google images has no good inside truck photos. <laughs> uh, oh. So it's been, uh, how can I say that? I feel like I've been preparing for this moment. Like I've been training like those montage videos. I'm over here like drawing cars. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. You you should peek in their cars. I, I work adjacent to truckers. Oh, okay. And a lot of them have like little beds up in the top. It's like yeah, their own okay. little house that they live in there. So it'd be cool. You dig it. I am still. I So I, if I find a peterbilt cab over truck mm-hmm. that's like parked anywhere i will take a picture of the window like i'll put my phone up to it and if there's somebody there i will ask them i'll be like look can you give me a little tour here and they can totally say no and i'll figure it out but like cab over trucks are not exactly in style anymore no. um which is like such a freaking bummer <laughs> so i so cool dude i do a double take every time i see one like i see every once in a while you see one on the highway I'm like oh my god Optimus. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a real, it's a good time, and uh, it's also really fun because, like, when you first started, we're getting deep again, but like, 
you start drawing cars for the first time or trucks, like in ghost fleet, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it has to be right. I have to get it right. You take it so seriously and you like every line is like so intentional. And what you have is like a technically proficient drawing of a truck or a car, mm-hmm. but it looks dead, you mm-hmm. know, like it has no life to it. And the better you get at doing these things, the more you can do it from memory and you can kind of push things just a little bit and be a little looser here and you learn these little tricks and all of a sudden it starts having life and you can start like putting your own spin on it. It's like when you play guitar and you play a G chord, but you just like learn how to play the most basic vanilla ass G chord you've ever play- heard in your whole life. Mm-hmm. And the more you get to know about guitar and the more about you get to know about music theory, you can start to make, make it your own and the way that you pick it and the way that you play it and the way you approach it and the way that people hear it. It's just the best. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, that, that was sick. <laughs> oh, also, love knowing that you play guitar. I, I would have bet, but that's awesome. Um, I have like you, 12. <laughs> oh my gosh. Too many. That's a problem. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. That's really cool. Um, I think my question is going back just a little bit, talking about how different this process is. There's not all that's different because you are bringing along Mike Spicer for the ride here. And anyone who's followed your work for a while is going to be really excited about that. And I, I had to ask, um, you've done so many different projects together. What is it about Mike Spicer that just like gels with you? What makes you two such a, a fearsome team? I think there's a few things. I think um, he's just really good at rocking it on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have the time or inclination to like really try and art direct Mike. Um, I found the freer I... The, the more I can let him loose, the better he does. And he just comes up with these palettes that there's no way I would ever even come close to doing. You know, I just couldn't. I, I don't. My brain doesn't work that way. I'm not good enough at coloring. I'd like to be better at it someday. But, you know, it's a uh, someday down the line when I mm-hmm. have more time to start learning. Um, the only thing I give Mike is at the start of each project, I'll give him a few images of like for lack of a better way to play like an inspiration board, you know? So at the beginning of murder Falcon, I sent him um, screenshots of Marvel versus Capcom two. And I was like, make the book look like oh this. <laughs> uh, that rules. That's the Rosetta stone right there. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Oh, like, totally. It's all coming together. And uh, I uh, will, and then I'll give him like little watercolor studies, which are very loose of what the characters like color palettes are so we can work within that framework Uh, and then i just tell them to go crazy and every once in a while you know i'll be like oh this scene happens at night not during the day and he's like oh got it and he you know does a little switch or whatever Mm -hmm. but you know i give him almost no notes and it's he's really professional he always gets his pages in on time he's amazing we have never actually met in person we started working together in late 2016 and we talked on the phone for the first time in 2020. Uh, it's just all been like mostly email communication. We text a little bit now. So uh, eventually I'm going to meet him in person. And then <laughs> I'm not sure what will happen. <laughs> yeah. What if you guys don't vibe in real life? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we did FaceTime. We FaceTimed mm. in 2020, like during the pandemic. And we had a great chat. And he is by nature way oh like way more introverted than i am i'm like you know i'm i'm loud and i i thrive and at parties and i it's kind of how i get my recharge and he's definitely not that way so uh i'm 
getting way better as I interact with more and more people in comics and just, you know, more life experiences to like turning down my volume level, <laughs> like my vibe <laughs> level, you know, it's like I'm at like 11, but I need to be at like a four. <laughs> yeah. So I'm working on it. It's it, it, I'll get there. <laughs> you can write your Adrian Tomine style book. It'd be like the one extrovert in comics. And it's just your <laughs> memoir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you use the phrase earlier, bringing your artwork to life. And I feel like everyone that I know that talks about your artwork and loves it identifies that as sort of your X factor. Everything you draw feels alive. You portray motion in such a special and vital way. And I just want to hear a little bit about what you feel like it takes to bring that life to the drawing. Um. Well, I, I mean, I can talk about it in the context of Transformers if that's... yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like going back to like talking about like drawing trucks and cars and stuff, you know, when I would draw cars and things like that in, say, Murder Falcon, um, because it's a mechanical object, I'd always be like, okay, it's time to like stiffen up a little bit. And my overall drawing style is like fairly cartoony characters with like a pretty realistic background. You know, I take a lot of inspiration from manga and the like in that way. Um, and I, I don't necessarily pull out a ruler, but you know, I'm like, I lock my wrist and I've got it ready to go. And I've you know got that line going. And I found myself in the first few pages of Transformers, like doing the same thing because they're mechanical things. I was like, let me stiffen up. And I found it, they just looked not good. So I had to like start reassessing how I drew the Transformers. And one way that I found myself drawing regular people or characters that are reoccurring images in my book, like I have to draw, I don't know, Murder Falcon, however many times a page, however many times an issue uh, in the whole book, you know, over and over and over again. And one of the ways that I don't kill myself doing this stuff is by going fast. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty loose. Uh, That's the way I've always drawn in a way I've always kind of approached things. Anytime I've tried to not do that, I, my, my hand hurts after, and then I doesn't look that good. That's with everything, like not just Transformers. So for some reason, I'm like still fighting. I was still fighting that with drawing Transformers. And I found the looser I could be with Transformers, the more that I put away the pen and picked up the brush when it came to like drawing Optimus Prime's shoulder or whatever, the better it looked and um, the more life it had. And I I'm about to say something that might be not OK, but like I love Akira, but it's a hard book to read. Like, it's not easy. Like, it's it's weighty. And not in the sense of its story, the the themes of the story. I'm saying like the way it's drawn, like it is a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like m- the most fun experiences I've had reading comics are ones where I feel like I can see the artist enjoying themselves as they're making that. And as I'm reading it, maybe there you haven't. Maybe maybe it's all a trick. <laughs> um, but uh, the goal for me is to be able to enjoy myself as I'm making the comic. And I find in turn, I have a healthier relationship with the book that I'm and the art that I'm making. And also it looks livelier and better uh, at the end of the day, um, especially with Transformers. So I had to start drawing Optimus Prime. Like I would draw like a human character and uh, not worry about the wiggle. And I never, you know, here's like a comic page, you know, mm-hmm. like when I draw, mm-hmm. I don't really like when I'm inking, I don't like turn the page. I don't really rotate the page that much like to get like that. A lot of inkers will do that. Uh, I just keep it here and I just, you know, going. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
And uh, I was doing that when I was drawing transformers. I was like, rotate to get like a really because I when I whenever I pull, you know, I go across like this. That's when I can get my strongest, straightest line. Mm-hmm. And I don't let myself do that anymore. So I'll tape the I'll tape the paper down. <laughs> and uh, when I have to draw a straight line, and I'm like, but I'm still being loose. I get like a inadvertent uh, Charles Schultz like wiggle. Uh, which is kind of cool. Not for every line, but you know, every once in a while you get an awkward angle and you're like, and it's like, just roll with it. And it looks great. I mean, it just looks fun. Um, and just being okay with the looseness. And, uh, I find, as I said, it just healthy for mind, healthy for body. Everything looks better. (laughs) And, and the, the liveliness that you mentioned, I hope that that comes out naturally because of those things. It does. It does. Rest assured. No one's ever looked at your drawings and been like, man, that's static. Not a lot going on there. <laughs> oh, my God. Right on. Right on. I'll take it. <laughs> we, we're getting um, close to the time we said we'd have you for, but there's one last thing I wanted to ask, and it's about the human characters you brought up earlier, because I'm just, I'm very intrigued, because everyone knows Optimus Prime, everyone knows Starscream. Oh, yeah. Are the human characters in your book original characters? And what can you tell us about them? Well, they feel original to me. Mm-hmm. The names are the same as the TV show. Uh, but they do feel a little bit like my own creation because I'm putting my own spin on them. Uh, you know, they don't look like any of the characters from the show or the movies. Um, they have the same name because, you know, they are this mm-hmm. it, i'm 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 taking the spirit in a sense and like uh, a new look and trying to tie that to uh uh transformers and i like having those same names because it feels like a bit of a celebration of what's come before mm-hmm. but all that to say they feel like uh my own uh kind of lived in uh characters that uh Let's see when I how do I say this when I uh, first like write an issue on script. I feel a little bit like I'm uh, throwing a dart into a dark room and hoping that I'm hitting the dartboard. Uh, a lot of times I have to write scenes and dialogue that feels very mechanical because I know it will work like on just a uh, writing 101 level because you're like trying to make a story like out of like a blank document. It's insane. <laughs> it's like, it's very, very hard and the self doubt and all that stuff. All, uh. So the natural progression and natural order, all of the characters that I've worked on in the past, whether creator owned or not, they've kind of become a part of me because in every first issue that I've written, murder Falcon transformers, wonder woman, whatever, I'm just kind of, it's kind of like right by numbers for that first issue. And it, it's like, you know, as I said, mechanical kind of mathy and then you go back and you like write a second draft and you fix a few things and you get a little more deeper and you get a little deeper and you finish your first draft of issue one, you go to write issue two and it's a little easier. It's not easy, but it's easier. And then by the time the series is wrapping up, you're kind of in the zone and the characters have kind of become like figments of your own brain. Um, and so it happens, you know, with, Spike and Carly, uh, they are my kind of, and I said this before, but my windows into the world of big robots. And there's always going to be, I feel a distance for me personally when writing and reading transformers. Cause they're just like big robots that, you know, they feel a little bit like, 
I don't know, like uh, I have the same problem with superhero comics. You know, it's like the superheroes that I that I'm writing and reading. I'm like, ah, well, how do I kind of bring these people down to earth? And so, oftentimes, I will try and do that by having characters that are way more like me and a little more effed up that can kind of get us down to a, a level where we can find a way into those larger than life characters that can hopefully then teach us something new, blah, 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 blah uh, storytelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope, well, did that answer your question? Yes, it did. That was actually, <laughs> uh, that, it was more than I expected, but it was perfect. Thank you so much. Right on. <laughs> Uh, piggybacking off that, my last question. I talked with this about Andrew McLean a little bit with his kaiju stories. Mm. Like, how do you make the human POV interesting? Because, like, you can tell when it is and you can tell when it isn't. Like, we have to be honest, there are some Godzilla movies where it wasn't. Sure. And what are Transformers if not giant robot kaiju? Yeah. So I, I need to know, when you're approaching the human POV to a transformer story. Like mm-hmm. what is your top priority in keeping it interesting and engaging? Um, there's a million answers to that question, but I will answer with the first one that has come to my head, which is agency. I feel like a lot of times, uh, at least in the cartoon and in the movie, the humans, they're not doing a whole lot to make the story change. Uh, you know, they're riding like a surfboard and Daniel does shoot that. Have you guys seen the Transformers movie? I have not. The night, the 86? No, no, I'm going to after this interview. I honestly, <laughs> I like, I, I'm not just blowing smoke. Like it is a great movie. Like the, the cell animations, the background art, like the, you know, the art that they did for each scene, the music, the voice acting. It's, uh, it's, um. Leonard Leonard Nimoy is in it. Uh oh, it's um, it's Orson Welles' last role in films before he died. No way. Oh yes way. Uh, Dude, it's crazy. That's so funny. Anyway, uh, so I am trying to make a story that and scenes that involve the humans like actively doing stuff to like change the way uh, both Autobot and Decepticon interact with the world around them. And hopefully we'll also play into the end of the story somehow. So uh, I just don't want them to be running around screaming. <laughs> uh, you can yeah. do that with some of the humans, but like our characters, it's like they're there for a reason. They mm-hmm. have a role to play and let's give them something to do and like buttons to push and guns to push. <laughs> We need Perfect. to give them all guns to push. That is the secret <laughs> sauce. <laughs> like Dallas, well, did, big did you, guns. Did you guys read issue one? We haven't yet. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, no, that, that, that doesn't make any sense at all when I say that. Okay, cool. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Pretend I didn't say that. It's all, all right. Good. All right. Scrub from mm-hmm. my memory. <laughs> when I get there in issue one, I'll be like, there it is. There's there it is. You will, you will do that. You'll be like, oh, uh, my God. Like, look at that guy. Push and then, and then you're gonna hear Orson Welles' voice. I am Unicron. You're like, that's the last thing he said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think that he saw that as the end of his career? He's like, I hope I get to be Unicron someday. Uh, I highly doubt it. I <laughs> highly doubt it. 
<laughs> Before exactly that moment, did he know what a Unicron was? Maybe not. I, I don't know. I have a hard time believing it was anything other than like looking at the script. You're like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> you want me to say what? Yeah. <laughs> so, you uh, thank you oh. so much yeah. for your time. This You're was welcome. a blast. Is there anything else you want to make sure you say or plug before we let you go? I think the only thing is I I, I have a YouTube channel. I go live every Friday, uh, Friday evening around five o'clock central time. Um, I just draw and um, just kind of hang out. It's not super busy. I don't answer a lot of questions. I'm mostly just getting work done, but it's very chill. And uh, we've got a good people that show up in the live chat. A lot of a lot of cool people that show up in the live chat. And um, I guess that's that's it, really. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. And what day does this issue um, drop? October 4th. October 4th. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been really, really great. You're so welcome. All right, everybody. And we will see you later this week. And we're covering Do a Power Bomb just by. Oh, the day. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to hear people gush about you for an hour, you know where to find us. Oh, I'll yeah. be. I'll be listening. <laughs> Me, Lexi's right. first time reading through, so it's going to be an experience. Oh, heck yeah. All right. Rock and roll. See you, everybody. See you guys. Bye. Bye.